You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you've obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to week four of the Wingfoot Locks. Joe Masiri here with you, as always, joined by Greg the Hitman Hoyle. Greg, we took some hits last week, man. How you feeling going into week four? Feeling good. Feeling good. I was just saying, we had a nice uh, Monday night win um, by the, the Chiefs. It was like steal money there. Um, so, yeah, can't, can't keep a good man down. Well, listen, I know it was uh, definitely a, a, a rough week last week. We're going to leave it last week, but uh, I think we owe some accounting to some of the people that listen to us here. So I want to start with the positive news, the Wingfoot Lock, which the lock of the week that Chris Portente puts out on our Instagram page is now 3-0 and for the season. Still perfect over there. He was rolling with the Patriots, which... Look, was one of the few uh, cigar games that we had uh, uh, last weekend here. They, they won it pretty easily over the Raiders. And I think that cigar games have been very hard to come by this season. We've seen a lot of uh, single plays make a difference in games. So I'm curious, first of all, you I know you like the Patriots as, as well, as did I. It was the one winner I had last week. So uh, what are you, your takeaways from that game? Um. Yeah, the Pat the Pats Raiders game. I, I didn't think that um, there were enough options there for the Raiders to go and and score. Uh, they tacked on a couple late when the game really wasn't uh, within question there. Um, but you know the Pat Pats showing up big again. I mean, you got the big news for them this week that Cam's got um, is going to be out with COVID. I think, uh, by the way, just to, to break some news that I just saw, I think they're pushing that game to Tuesday for this week. Oh, okay. Uh, um, so from from that side of things, I know that's not going to help get Cam back on the uh, on the field, but they're going to have to do some additional testing and everything like that. So um, not too much to take away that you can run with. If Newton's going to be out this week, I'm not. I'm just going to stay away from that game or bet against the Pats, even though we don't like doing that. But uh, that's that's probably what I would look at this week. But just no no play. Um, it, the Pats were what we kind of thought they would be, um, which is pretty good. Yeah. Obviously, you mentioned the breaking news today with uh, uh, Cam Newton uh, coming down with COVID-19. COVID-19 obviously taking most of the headlines this week. We saw the Titans had a couple players diagnosed, a couple personnel uh, test positive for it as well. And now that outbreak seems to be spreading throughout the team. Uh you know, it's going to impact a lot of the games this week. Already, I think the Titans and Steelers has been postponed to week uh, seven, I believe it is. And the Vikings had to shut down a little bit uh, earlier in the week just to make sure that it hadn't spread to them. No positive tests, so they're good to go this weekend. What What do you think about the disruption of the team schedule? And I know we'll talk more about it when we get to the Vikings today, but what do you think about uh, the disruption of the team schedule overall? And how do you think this is impacting other teams that are dealing with COVID-19 and seeing these diagnoses right now? Um, well, I, you know, I think we'll learn certainly more about it after this week, but how could it be, how could it be an advantage? Right. So that's what I'm trying to factor in is like, if you're the Vikings, right. And you've had to, you know, be under high level of scrutiny, you can go into the facility. How is there an advantage there? Uh, and I think the same thing with with the Pats, right? They've been game prepping all week this week with Newton as their quarterback. If they're going to trot out what Stidham or Hoyer, um, and even though you get a couple extra days there, like that's that's going to be interesting to see. Um, so I'm I'm just hoping from a I feel like a lot of these fantasy leagues are up in arms and I'm honestly like thinking about one of them. If, if, uh, if the chiefs, uh, get a game pushed back, like I might not be able to field a roster in one of my leagues because I have like four of their players. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, well, and, and I don't play like Hardman. Right. But I'm, I'm like trotting Hardman out there. Uh, and if he's not playing this week, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be bare bones. Yeah, and, you're going to have a guy I, named slim Pickens playing for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting. I like that one. I think it'll be interesting. <laughs> Not to but, be confused uh, with Carl Pickens, who was a solid th- wide receiver back in the day for the Bengals. No, but it, one of the things we did bring up, though, this is why we weren't doing any futures bets, right? Because we think that, you know, the NFL is going to, you know, player safety, make sure that they can do whatever they do to make sure everyone's safe, but they're going to go on, right? So I, I like this, that Minnesota, just because they played, um, just because they played Tennessee, right, their game didn't get canceled. And I like that they're moving on, right? If nobody has it, why would you be, like, overly cautious? So right. um, I, I like to see that happen because they do have to, you know, if nobody's got it and they're, they've got the science behind them, I don't think we should be, you know, canceling games for that reason. So it's going to be interesting. This Things will be very different. If we get Tuesday night football, right, I think there's some some silver lining um, as far as uh, I know the, the wives might. Might not be super happy about that. I'm all for football. I, I mean, listen, I'm all. They want to spread these games out a little bit, at least maybe, maybe then condense Sunday a little bit though, because I don't know that I have this many hours in a week to have uh, to have what is it, like about 11 hours on Sunday, and then yeah, take yeah, take take away the uh, well, my my birds play on Sunday night, right? But then you want to you want to move Sunday night out and move it to Tuesday. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Just make make my other days better. No problem at all with that. All right, and now we can't we can't escape the accounting from last week because I was really high on the Atlanta Falcons. I think a lot of people were going into last week, uh, and they got off to a good start. Did what we expected. Uh, we were at a lake last week and and you and I looked at each other and I said to you, you kept saying, when are they going to pull Mitch Trubisky? And the answer was after his second interception in week three against the Falcons. And I looked at you and I said, uh, we're, we might be in a little bit of trouble, uh, with Nick Foles coming into this game because part of my pick against the bears on a weekly basis is the fact that Mitchell Trubisky is their quarterback. And, uh, you know, Nick Foles took him down the field on that first drive it was originally called a touchdown on the field, but it was overruled and called an interception. I kind of exhaled a little bit, a little too soon. Uh, so we got off the hedge on that one, and it definitely hurt us in, in our picks this week. I, I want to you know, talk about, one, the Falcons and the epic collapse. Dan Quinn's still the coach there, at least for the time being, uh, yet again. And then, two, uh, Chicago and what you think of the Bears now that Nick Foles is, is their starting quarterback. Good. Only an upgrade, right? Um, so just just like you mentioned, right? You have him coming in. I think everyone uh, gets a little lift from that and feels a little bit more confident. Um, so from that side of things, uh, I think we're going to have an upgrade there. And two weeks in a row, uh, that's pretty ridiculous. Two weeks in a row, you have that type of um, upset going on there in Atlanta. And I think you're right. I'm not calling for anyone's job. But if you're in hot water last year and uh, you keep your job after the team reacts well, but you go back to back weeks with just epic, like historical collapses, I think those games, I don't have those those numbers or look into that like those had to be like 95 plus percent chance of winning two weeks in a row and they lost both so like the odds of that are astronomical i i think we should probably talk about that minnesota uh, t- uh tennessee game because smart <laughs> money was on minnesota <laughs> no i i mean o- overall right a one and two week for me the only win being the uh get, you know getting right there with uh our record there and i've already sabotaged myself with that thursday night text message wait a minute wait a minute had. wait a minute i need to interject here because you said you were going to use this opportunity to gloat Right to go no, about getting no, to two and one, and one and two, and two. Say that. Oh, one and two. Right to to one and two at that point. Um, but I'm just going to bring up a little text message here that we shared, and I don't know if you'll be able to see it. So I'll read it to you uh, for the people at home. This was a Thursday night. It says from Greg Coyle. This is another <coughs> official head to head after we discovered that uh, you were leaning toward the Jets while I was on the uh, Broncos. Uh, it says, this is another official head-to-head, say yes, and I wrote laugh out loud. At the point, uh, Sam Darnold had just scrambled for the longest touchdown run in Jets history by a quarterback. I said, so you want a 7 nothing league? And, and you said, no, the Jets earned that, not Greg. Brett Rippin on the road. The Jets need to fold as a franchise if they can't win. 
total late hit there talking about one of the plays. I said, hey, it's head-to-head, so that's fine by me. The Jets have no talent. Emphasis on the no. Agreed. Agreed. So we come into this one, and you are now 1-3 in three on the season in our head-to-head matchups. Uh, and I, I just think about that and, and the Jets folding as a franchise. Man, you said at one point to me during the game that you would love to see Sam Darnold on a team like the Colts. Yeah. Um, I don't think this is his fault at all. The guy came back after he sprained his AC joint, had to come, you know, came back in the game and was fighting out there. He was under pressure. There's no talent around him, and, and what little talent they do have is hurt. So I just don't understand how, uh, how this team can compete. How bad in your eyes right now are the New York Jets? <laughs> it's, it's laughable, right? The, you have the best situation you could be in at home. You're getting the practice squad quarterback coming in, practice squad. And you and I were talking about this earlier. I didn't think he was throwing good passes. His touchdown pass to Jerry Judy should have been, all right, let's not say intercepted, but should have been batted down. It was ridiculous. Judy grabbed the ball off the defender's face mask because it was so underthrown. So, like, I just don't – I know these guys are professional athletes, right? But, like, Darnold's definitely – he's playing as hard as he can. I I was shocked. I was happy to have hedged when he landed hard on that right shoulder. Um, But, like, the fact that he trotted back out there, his arm looked like it was hanging off his body. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be out. So, I don't know. You just you, you feel bad for the the guys who are you know talented there, and he's playing behind a terrible offensive line. So get him out of there. <laughs> That's all I could say. <laughs> yeah. Have they folded as a franchise yet? Because uh, oh, I think I, they I'm are going to come back out happen. next week, but who knows? Because there's still time. They're assuming yeah. assuming COVID uh, you know doesn't ruin the season and the plans, they still do have a game scheduled for next week. Uh, and we got to talk about what, go ahead. What are they gonna like? What are they gonna do? Are they gonna draft a quarterback when they get the number one pick, like, and and start over with a guy that they're not gonna protect as well? Like, they they need more offensive line help. So, like, right? Listen, and Mackay Becton is good. Uh, I, that guy is first of all, he is a very good offensive lineman. He is a monster. They don't call him Mount Becton for nothing. Uh, and he was hurt. He went out last game. So uh, the injuries obviously piling up this season, and you need to protect your franchise quarterback, even if you do draft one. And then they have so many issues. I mean, are, is Gaze going to be there? No, should be the answer, but we'll see. And then yeah. are they, is Joe Douglas going to be there? I, I like some of the moves Joe Douglas has made, uh, but they, he came in behind the eight ball already. So I, I don't know um, what they're going to do. And, and all of the players don't seem to like – uh, Adam Gaze. I mean, and I don't know why like? we have this charade that it seems like you got two of your best players in freaking Le'Veon Bell. Jamal Adams asks for a trade out of uh, New York. They don't like Coach Gaze. So what are we still doing pretending that he's going to be this this genius offensive coordinator? And even if he was, he doesn't have any talent on the team. You traded away or you let your best wide receiver walk in free agency. We're yet to see anything from Denzel Mims. So, um, I don't know. It should be very interesting to see what happens there with the New York Jets uh, and how they proceed from here. But uh, I want to move on to one more game that we have to talk about from last week. And and uh, I know you're not going to want to talk about it in some ways, but in other ways you are. You want to talk about the uh, – we'll let you go first. The Minnesota Vikings and the Tennessee Titans, right? Because that was the head-to-head pick. Um, and, you look, you were on the right side of it. Five field goals the Titans had to settle for, I believe it was. Um but they ended up with a one-point win, uh, not enough to cover the number. Uh, we'll get to Minnesota a little bit. Any takeaways from that game, though, just in the offensive explosion that we saw from both sides? It's more of this this year's high totals um, going over and that game going back and forth. I, I just didn't really love the situation for Tennessee going up there. And Kirk Cousins, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, too. Um, you know, home games at one o'clock, he's he's a pretty um, tough out there. So when I was getting I was getting the hook all, all the way up there to three. Right. I was I was good with it. Right. Do, do I like the team, Minnesota? Do I think I learned anything? 
No, not really. This is yet another another loss, right, for them. But you know, we get the points, so we win. Um, so, yeah, that's and that's just going back to Tannehill. Look how well he plays when he's away from Adam Gates, right? So, um, definitely a, a good squad, an interesting squad, and we'll see what happens to them and see how they react after all the the, the COVID information. And they were still without their number one wide receiver. Yes, you said it right. Now though. It's going to be interesting to see where that season goes because uh, this is definitely going to be an inflection point for them uh, with how they deal with we, the outbreak. We got to get out of the rear view right now, buddy. I don't want to look it back at week three anymore. I let's, know, let's I know, but the forward. last one, the last one that we have to talk about because it's probably the no. worst handicap no. in the history of this show no. is the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cincinnati oh. Bengals, and why? I, I went back and I listened to it as live as we were you know, discussing it at the lake. I'm blaming the lake. It must have been the view that we had there because everything I said about the Philadelphia Eagles, and, you're tell- and I was misinformed straight up, uh, and I, was, I, I, I guess I still had faith that the Philadelphia Eagles had a quality team this season, and they might, but they weren't putting that out on the field with all of the injuries they we're trotting out there. Greg Ward was their their star wide receiver for the game, I believe. Was that was that the top wide receiver that they had uh, at the end of that game? Yeah, man. It's been like nine weeks now that we're trotting him out as wide receiver one. Yeah. And you said that you thought Doug Peterson was going to go for two at the end of that game. Yep. What do you should think have. about the yeah and and he should have with the lack of talent that they had on the offensive side and how they had struggled all game uh, it might have put them in the best position to win the game um, down there and then in overtime we talked about this it was fourth and what was it twelve I believe it was fourth and seven before the false start before the false start and and they were there's about nineteen seconds left. What did you want them to do there, and and what do you think about his decision in that moment? Uh, what I wanted was for them to go for the first down. Uh, that way, if they got it, they could clock it real fast and kick a closer field goal because they were just trotting out there like a sixty-yard field goal from uh, Jake Elliott. It's like you know, walk in the park, like no big deal. So once they did the false start, you could still do that for fourth and 12, right? Like eight sacks on the quarterback. Um, You're going to have a rookie quarterback there who needs to make a throw or two and clock the ball. Um, With 19 seconds, you you know, your play probably runs a good six seconds there. And they get the ball back with like 13 seconds. So you got to go sidelines or bust there. You can't. I don't think you can clock a ball with 13 seconds left. But. Yeah, I I tried to tell you that this is not a good team. Ultimately, the fact that the Cowboys lost, I guess, I guess the tie (laughs) ends up being better than a loss because legitimately, you know, if you're looking at the end of the season, if this division could get won by eight, seven and one, seven, eight and one, we might be looking at that type of I I can't believe I'm saying this because I can't believe the Cowboys are not better than they are. Yeah. but, you know, whatever. We got a tie. I told you not to bet on them. <laughs> Did you take them in the survivor pool? I, I, I highly encourage not doing that. I hope you didn't. Oh, I did uh, not. I did not take okay. it in the survivor pool. I went with uh, like 90% of the rest of the pool and took uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I managed to get off them there. So, uh, well, good. Yeah, thank good, goodness. Good. Because that would have been some serious trouble. But, uh, at least you listened to me there. Yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely a scary one. All right, I know you want to move on to this week, so let's get to yeah. this week. We are looking week ahead. Four, baby. Right, we got. Uh, so you got the win on Monday night. We were both on the Kansas City Chiefs. That was a nice cigar game for a change. Even though after I, I was a little shook from Sunday night, so I was playing out all the scenarios in my head. But we got the win there. They ran away because Pat Patrick. Don't call him Pat Mahomes. Uh, is just so money. So this week, a lot of what happened last week is playing into our picks this week. Uh, And so I want to start with that Monday night game because Baltimore got a little embarrassed at home. They are huge favorites this week, 14 points right now as they take on the Washington football team. Um, Greg, you're, you're going to Square City on this one. Tell me why. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get the egg off the face, right? Um, so from from that side of things, I 
Lamar is definitely going to be playing with his hair on fire uh, this week. And, and uh, th- there's really no travel. They were at home. Uh, they're going to go to D.C. It's going to be like a 45, maybe an hour uh, long trip, which is nice to not have to worry about it. And the, I mean, the Redskins are what are they tied for first place right so but uh it, you know that only win uh over the the eagles who just look terrible uh and the quarterback they're trotting out haskins i mean i i don't know how much longer they're going to stick with him because he's just he's not good uh and i've never thought he would would be any good in the league so um so just with the the Redskins, really, I think their only you know their only win a long time ago. They had some really good strengths to to match up against that. I think um, Chase Young is going to be out yep. uh, this week as well, right? So you take a little bit of the strength from there, and I think that uh, that blitz right gets neutralized a little bit by the mobile quarterback. So. Lamar's got a lot to prove. I think you just keep packing on the uh, the points in that game. They're not going to let up. Um, I don't think that, you know. I don't think there's really all that much of a rivalry there between DC and and Baltimore because DC's been irrelevant for for so long. But you know why not stack up there and make people forget about that big loss to an actual good team there with with Lamar. And I think that's that's his mo, right? You can beat the the bad teams, not so much on the good teams. So the one question I have here, right, is 14 points, though. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> What's the reason, though? What's the reason that you think the 14 points is, is, is a good number? It's not. We know 14 points is never a good number here. But, but why is this? You told me before we started this that you get one 14-point spread a season. Yep. Why is yep. this the yeah, we're, one, one, one square pick. I, I think this league right now you have uh one of the best teams coming from one of the best divisions playing one of the worst teams from the worst division i don't think they can make this spread high enough quite frankly (laughs) um and and you know it's all about the redskins got a lot of work to do but you know i'm all about quarterback and head coach right so i think rivera's you know, he's got a lot of work to do. So, you know, we, we can't really throw him under the, the bus here. But I think it's really terrible quarterback play from the Redskins. Um, so that's there's not too much. And, and really, so the 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 primary thing is I don't think Baltimore is going to let up. Right. So from that side of things, I think they're coming off that game where uh, Lamar is not happy at all. Right. So from from that side of things, um, he needs to get back on um, the right track there because they just looked disjointed um, on Monday and they weren't throwing well. Mark Andrews wasn't playing well. So they've just got a a lot of work to do. A couple key drops for uh, for Mark Andrews here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, you don't, you don't love laying two touchdowns, right? I don't, I don't love laying a touchdown. Uh, but from, from that side of things, there's usually no home field uh, advantage there. Redskins, uh, or I'm sorry, Washington football uh, stadium, right? <laughs> right. Um, well, football team, they're yeah. not a stadium, they're a team. Yeah. Whatever. I, I don't even know what to call them. But not a, <laughs> not, not a good team in DC. That's, that's what we're going with. So, more so on the bounce back from the Ravens. If there was significant travel and everything like that involved, I might think twice about it. And again, the fact that this is a super square pick makes me not want to do it, but I'm, I'm, I'm going at it. All right. Square City. Greg says take Baltimore. Lay the 14 points. We got our first comment, I think, ever since we've been doing our live broadcast here. Somebody was just wanted to make sure that we covered Cam Newton uh, getting COVID-19. So we are all over it in the intro of the show. Thanks for bringing that up there, Joe. Uh, next game, we're going to move on to Chicago hosting Indianapolis. Right now, the Bears as high as plus three. This game opened at Pick'em in the look-ahead line uh, over under 45. I am rolling with the Chicago Bears in this one. I say take the points as the Indianapolis Colts go on the road. All right, we talked a little bit about this. Nick Foles has a history of coming in and winning games as a backup quarterback. He looked very good in that opening game against the Atlanta Falcons last week. Now, look, we know that Indianapolis has a better defense than Atlanta, but how good they are, I'm not really sure yet. We saw them week one 
let Gardner Minshew complete 19 of 20 passes, albeit for low yardage, but 19 of 20 passes is a little bit eye-opening and something I want to pay attention to because right now I think Indianapolis is looking a little inflated. Their last two games were at home against bad teams. The New York Jets, who we just talked about possibly being the worst team, probably being the worst team in the NFL, and then... Uh, the week before that, they played the Minnesota Vikings, and the Vikings also 0-3. That defense is pretty shoddy for the Vikings. Um, and that wasn't a runaway game. They they handled that game, but they couldn't pull away uh, offensively. Also now, we have a dome team going outdoors, right? Obviously, the Indianapolis Colts go outdoors. And Phillip Rivers, we have a matchup here. Um, where Philip Rivers usually does not fare well in these types of matchups. I love fading Philip Rivers in the, in these types of situations because Chicago has a very good defense. That's what has kept them in uh, these games this season. I know that they haven't had a juggernaut of a schedule by any means. When you look at out uh, look at them, I think they're a bit of a paper tiger, with the exception of that Mitchell Trubisky was their quarterback in those games. And I think if you put Nick Foles in, it's a little bit of a, a, a different situation. That defense went out there and made big stand after big stand after Trubisky kept turning the ball over. you got to come out and figure they're going to be deflated at some point. I think in this one, the entire team is jacked up that they got Nick Foles in there as their quarterback. They got a sneak peek of what he could do last week, and I think they're going to come out and play very motivated. One thing to pay attention to in this one, though, Khalil Mack listed as questionable. Uh, we know what a game wrecker he can be. So I think you got to pay close attention to that uh, as we get closer to game time. But if he is healthy and he's playing in this one, I think he'll put a lot of pressure on Phillip Rivers. I also think we know that Phillip Rivers has a propensity to turn the ball over. And turnovers right now are what makes such a difference in this league. Chicago obviously missing Tariq Cohen, which I think is going to hurt them a little bit. But they were high on their other running back coming into the season. Montgomery, we'll see what he can do. I think with uh, Foles under center, it opens things up a little bit for him. And so for those reasons, I say take Chicago plus the three points against Indy. Greg. Well, uh, I have to request that. From this point forward, you refer to Nick Foles by his actual name of Super Bowl MVP is, Nick Foles. Okay, okay. I glad we went with that one because I was trying to yeah, keep it up. Yeah, this is show. a fa- yeah. No, we we're, we're not going to try out any BDN BDNs, here. BDNs, BDNs. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, Super Bowl MVP they, Nick Foles. They got BDE energy, energy there. <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, I like the pick. I'm not going to go against it. Wait a minute. Um, wait. You're calling like it an it. audible at the line? Yep. Why do we even do pre-production for these shows? Yep. Like the pick. So you're saying nope. I talked to you off of the Indianapolis Colts? I've already lost my head-to-head battle for this week. Can't okay. can't do two. Can't do two. All right. Listen, so no daily doubles here. No double dares. Uh, no. Nope. I'm not going to do any double nope. dares on this one. Nope, I'm going to lick my wounds and and find my Minnesota Vikings for next week. Fair enough. But listen, I really do want to point this out because I was so disappointed in the pregame. In the pregame, pre-show production here, we were talking about it in our meeting. And I was like, how did you not talk me off the the Eagles last week? And so I'm happy that I've made a compelling case that makes you think – the Bears either are the right side or enough to talk you off of the Colts. I'm happy about uh, about that move. But we need, as we're doing this, as things come to light, I'm glad that we can keep our minds open, maybe see something from a different angle that we didn't see before, uh, and be ready to make uh, adjustments, shall we say, at yes, the line of scrimmage. Your your wisdom has touched me, Joe, and I'm 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 now seeing the light. All right, I'm feeling some energy after that. Let's go. We're gonna go to the next game, and this one I want you to talk me off of. Okay, this one I'm, I'm I want you to talk me off of because I look at it and I say I like the Jacksonville Jaguars getting two and a half as they go to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Here's my reasoning: Cincinnati has been in every game they've played this season but they haven't exactly played good teams. They opened against the Chargers with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback 
And we have seen the Chargers struggle regardless who's been under center. But Tyrod a little bit more conservative than most quarterbacks. And who knows how long he was dealing with that rib injury and what was going on over there after he had to get rushed to the hospital. Then they play, uh, I'm missing, oh, the Cleveland Browns on Thursday night football. And they put up some numbers. The Browns handled that game pretty easily. They got a backdoor cover. Um, and they were 5-for-5 five five on fourth down, which was the point that I brought up last week. Then last week, they get extra rest as they play against the Eagles team that has those offensive line injuries, that has no wide receivers, and they go to overtime and they get a tie. So I think that the quality of teams that they've played, while I, I'm still big on Joe Burrow, has been poor or they've been in good situations. This week, I think they get a team that has the better situation. You got the Jacksonville Jaguars coming off a loss on Thursday night football, so people are not going to be high on them because that's a national game that everyone watches. They lost to a Miami Dolphins team that isn't that good by any stretch of the imagination, but they played in that game without their best wide receiver, DJ Chark, who's going to be back for this one against the uh, Bengals. Bengals. And the Bengals struggle to get pressure on the quarterback, and we've seen that Gardner Minshew can be efficient and take care of the ball when he is given that situation. I think that the extra rest makes the difference in this one. I think these are pretty much two evenly matched teams. I think Jacksonville's a little bit better at this point. And for that reason, I'll take the two and a half points with Jacksonville. I don't think Cincinnati's ready to be a favorite. What do you think, Greg? Um primary comment on this because you talked me into this uh and we'll we'll tack this on this is going to be one leg of a of a tease that we have unfortunate that we're looking at two and a half instead of three and a half um it, it looks like it opened it? at three and a, oh, three and a half and it's been wow. yeah and it's been bet down uh from there so from that side of things i i, I think it's important to note i would buy up to three um, and that's also why when you see these things uh, come out at three and a half, you get them early. Um, and that's, that's you know. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to throw the challenge flag on that one. Because you're, Greg, you're cutting up, Joe. I'm throwing the challenge flag. What's that? On the three and a half. There, you said when these things come out at three and a half, you got to get them. This is the guy who says, criticizes the early week picks because of injury reports, because of, co well, COVID-19 testing this year, obviously. I get it, right? I get your reasons, but you can't play both sides of the fence. If you want to say, okay, I'm the type of guy who's going to take the bet. I, I look at a team, I like a number, and I'm fully aware that there are caveats that could change between now and game day, that maybe I take the other side and look for a middle or something like that. Fine, but... You can't tell me, hold off, let's get more information, and then be the guy who says, you got to take the early number to get so the then we'll, we'll pay. we'll pay then. So fine, I'll be the guy that, that pays up. One thing that, that, that seems kind of funny to me, though, so the injuries on, on Cincinnati, Mike Daniels, one of their D tackles, rest. is out for rest? Yeah. What the hell is that, Mike? So I'm wondering, you know, it's funny. Get some I saw that sleep. Too. I know. I, I saw that. I was wondering if it's COVID related because they can't, they don't have to announce it, I don't think, unless the player says, like, gives them permission to. But one of uh -huh. the main factors of COVID is fatigue. Okay. So that, I, I don't know. Okay. I, I just, I find it curious. So, uh, so from that side of things, I like the selection. We're gonna we're gonna put that in. Uh, I'm gonna do a seven point tease on that, and we'll give the second team there. We'll have nine and a half uh, on the Jags. I think uh, Chark coming back um, helps him spread out the field a little bit. He looked pretty sloppy last week without him, and I know he hasn't been hit. And I think that's the primary thing, right? It's not even 100% about the production, but it's taking the focus away from the defense for them to spread the ball around a little bit more. So he hasn't been pepper and chark like you saw last year, but it's having him on the field, which makes everyone a little bit better, right? Because then the, the next level guys go to the next level cornerbacks and it makes it a little bit easier for, a, you know, a Keenan Cole to, 
to to scoot out there and, and get a few more catches instead of being the number one. All right, listen, I want to I want to explore something, and this this might be too conspiracy theory uh, QAnon for some people out there. Uh, the whole rest thing for Mike Daniels, right? Let's think about this for a second. I've never seen a player on an injury report before for rest. Have you? Which should say load management, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's an NBA thing. I've I've never seen. Um, and he's already ruled out. He's listed as out for Sunday, correct? Are you seeing that, yep. or do you see him as doubtful? Yep. Out. Yeah, that's what I got. Out. All right. So out, so maybe he was exposed. He might not have tested positive for the virus, but maybe he was around somebody who has, and they're like quarantining him for that. Yeah. I'm I'm a hundred percent not going to speculate or start a conspiracy as you uh, you sound like you're you're going to try and start here. Well, no, I'm not trying to start a conspiracy, but I'm just thinking about this, right? Like, if that's the case, and and obviously this is a season where on Saturday morning here we learned about Cam Newton having COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. that maybe we find out tomorrow morning that some of the Bengals, or maybe we find out after the game that some of the Bengals are dealing with something. I put it in MIR. More information required. All right. All right. We will keep it at that then and move on. The next game we're going to talk about is the Miami Dolphins. This is our better beware game of the week. They are hosting the Seattle Seahawks right now, Miami plus six and a half. And I think when you look at that number right off the bat, it seems a little low. That's my yep. opinion. What do you think about that line, Greg? It seems a little, little low when Russ is cooking like he's cooking, Joe. <laughs> yeah. So can't stand that comment. I know, I know. He I lo- love love the quarterback, but I I get I, I feel nauseous every time I hear "Let's let Russ cook." Yeah. Like you, for you, you for prefer, the love of Pete, you prefer Hey Seattle? We got a deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that you prefer. Uh, I just I just prefer to you know say the dude's playing good football. Amen to that. So Seattle uh, is obviously traveling west to east. It's supposed to be, I think, in the 80s, maybe a little humid down there in Miami, looking at a home field advantage. I don't think that's a huge home field advantage. Greg, you usually pull up uh, our our weather forecast for this. So while I'm talking, if you want to check that out to confirm. Um, But Seattle last week played uh, a very competitive game against Dallas. And I think that the Cowboys, everybody's talking about the DK Metcalf touchdown where he had the ball knocked away from him as he was running it in as, oh, they should have blown them out. Well, yes, but let's not forget the nine-point swing that happened when the Cowboy kick returner decided to put the ball on the one-yard line that led to a safety and then a touchdown on the ensuing possession. So, again, mistakes go both ways. There were mental mistakes by the Cowboys in that one as well. Bottom line is... The Cowboys had the ball with a chance to tie the game. They had that two-point conversion that initially failed. They had a flag on the play, was called back. That puts them up seven, so they cover the number. Uh, And it was a a very competitive game, I'll say, despite the fact that Dallas still played pretty sloppy uh, in that one. So they're going west to east now for uh, this game, and I think that that travel lends itself to Miami. Also, let's not forget, Miami's coming off extra rest because they're playing that Thursday night game. I don't know. I'm not going to go as far as to say that Miami's going to win this one, but I just wouldn't be surprised if there's a backdoor cover uh, or this game is more competitive than most people think. I'm not saying you need to go take the Dolphins for those people out there. I'm just saying if you are thinking square and you want to go to Square City, maybe choose a different city than Seattle this week. That's our better beware pick of the week. Greg, anything to add to that one? Yeah, you want to go square, jump on Baltimore with me. There you go. Yeah, uh, 88 (laughs) degrees tomorrow. 88 88. degrees, so it'll be a hot one over there for uh, Seattle and and Russ. Listen, it's good. It's actually not good cooking weather. It's too hot. Too hot to cook. That's when you order out. You order some takeout. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brother. Keep it going. All right, the next game we are looking at this week. Ah, man. This is a, a matchup of winless teams, I think a little bit surprising at this point in the season. The Houston Texans... Minus three and a half right now, hosting the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Greg, you, you like the Texans in this one. Why do you think they have the advantage in the matchup of 0-4 teams? 
So oh, uh, just, I'm sorry. Oh, in three teams. Got ahead yeah. of myself there. Just like we were talking about um, before and the point that you made on like Indy playing really bad teams and still only being two and one and giving some games away. Houston's schedule has just been dirty. Uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore and Kansas City, like <laughs> you, you kind of expect them to walk out of that at 0 and 3. They haven't looked particularly good, but they they've stayed relatively healthy and uh, competent there, right? And then yeah, you have the Vikings who yeah, I'm sure they covered, but they've they've just lost to some some bad teams at this point. They just look like they're one of those bad teams them themselves. Wait a minute, um, I want I want to throw wait, a wait 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 no 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 yeah no okay. I'm looking back at it I'm looking back at it they haven't had an, an easy schedule either but it hasn't been the murderers row. Um, I, I thought they played the the Lions. I was thinking in there. I don't, I don't know how I, I didn't have it there. So so just. Going back to the Minnesota comment where I'm going to take Kirk Cousins at home at one o'clock, one of the theories out there, and this isn't conspiracy, it's data backed, right, (laughs) is that Kirk Cousins is good at one o'clock games, um, especially at home. And I think this is the first time I'm going to go ahead and and jump to conclusions here that there's nothing about um, the COVID scare that's going on with Minnesota and then Tennessee having a bunch of players that have it, even though Minnesota doesn't have it. Shutting down the facility all week throws everyone off their routine, right? It's it's that classic if the you know if they're in a you know a guy, guy's in a, a car crash or the plane goes off the tarmac and scares everyone type of thing, or somebody pulls the fire alarm the night before the game and jacks up everyone's sleep schedule. I'm going against those situations. So especially with Cousins when he's so bad, uh, when it's not a one o'clock game, when he gets throws at thrown out of his uh, routine. We, we definitely fade him so um I, I like houston i don't i don't want to say like a get right game because i understand why they're oh and three at this point uh but i do think they'll pick up a win here i'm gonna pay it down uh i've seen it at either 122 or 128 that i gotta pay in order to get it down to three but i'm, I'm never gonna pick three and a half so i'm gonna go down to houston minus three here uh, not like in Minnesota to, to go on the road and, and keep it all that close. Yeah, you know, one of the things, though, I took away from that game uh, of Minnesota and, and Tennessee was, um, oh, now I'm blanking on his name, Justin Jefferson, is that, to have it right, the wide receiver who just had an absolute monster day. I think he was the number one fantasy wide receiver. They needed yep. someone to emerge, right, opposite Adam Thielen. They lost Stephon Diggs in the offseason, and we've seen him putting up numbers for the Buffalo Bills. So they really needed somebody to step up. And he did a, a very nice job last week. Now, I, I question because right, you can do it one week, right? But can you repeat it a second week? Now that teams know, okay, I'm going to look for it a little bit more, um, and it should be interesting to see. Go ahead, you want to so jump I, in on that? I see you yeah, chomping at the bit, yeah. champing at well, the bit. What, yeah, one, one one of the things that I didn't mention we, the cluster injuries for the Vikings at cornerback, right? Which the Texan, Texans should be able to exploit. And I did a little disgruntled Eagle fan research this week on Justin Jefferson, and here's what I found out: Dude's got like 16 receptions, um, 200 and like 70 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, combined, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside and Jalen Rager have about 19 receptions, 285 yards, and one touchdown. It is despicable, the drafting that's going on at the skills positions in Philadelphia and the fact that they pick Rager over this dude that pops off in Game 3. But wait a minute, but wait a minute. Rager, it was Rager even on the field? Well, that's the point, Joe. <laughs> the best ability is availability. Yes, yes. It, Two injuries early already. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Uh, Of course he's not on the field. He's a wide receiver for the Eagles. They're all hurt. (laughs) Well, so so it's not necessarily his fault or even the GM's fault. They're cursed by the laundry that they wear. Well, no, we we they're they're uh, outsmarting the room, right? So everyone thinks they're going to go Jefferson. They go Rager, and and uh, now it looks like Jefferson to play. I mean, I'm not a I'm not an NFL scout, right? I'm I can't make these decisions, but sheesh. Yeah, but who's to say if he had put on an Eagles uniform, he would not be the injured one, and Jalen Ray? Yeah, no, yeah, no, he he would most definitely be hurt at this point. Uh, No, sorry, off the rails, right? No, 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 uh, it's good. It's good to to look at some of the 
uh, obviously the nuanced things. The guy's been the guy had an obviously monster game. It's a career day for a lot of wide receivers. What he had in um, it's only his third game of his young NFL career. So definitely something right. to pay attention to this weekend. Um, I, you know, I agree with you. Bottom line, I don't think the Minnesota defense will be able to put pressure uh, on Deshaun Watson at the rate that he's been pressured this season because they traded away their pass rushers basically or let them walk in free agency. Minnesota did in the yep. offseason. So I think he has a little more time and you get to see Deshaun Watson uh, at his best this week. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that leads to a win, especially when, when Minnesota was so close at home last week to getting that first win of the season and they couldn't close the door uh, on Tennessee. I think – it sucks the life out of the room just a little bit there. And now you got to go on the road and now you got the COVID-19 things that you're dealing with. It's just a lot going against the Vikings right now. All right. We have one thing to cut. We, we maybe should know better than loading up on own three teams or winless teams, but I'm going to load up. I I think it's a perfect storm here in, in Houston. So we got a nice little, uh, I got a nice little uh, Monday night win that's got me ahead a, a, a little bit. So we've we've got the pockets to, to bounce back from last week. Just to protect ourselves here, who's the backup to Kirk Cousins? It's not Nick Foles, right? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just so that if he does get benched, I don't have to go, oh, how did I not right. remember that they had, I don't know. I don't know who I would be scared of at this point. Maybe yeah. uh, the reincarnation of Teddy Bridgewater. Anyway. You need to, to tack off the second half of my tease, correct? Yes. We have an open-ended tease right now. So far, the first half is Jacksonville plus nine and a half. Uh, so who do you like to close that two-team tease out? Tampa Bay, baby. Tampa so we're Bay. Go down, yeah, so we'll go down there. I, I like I like that defense against the, the rookie quarterback um, to, to win on the field. I really think – as we go further along, Tampa's going to be a bet on team. Like I didn't like them super early in the season with all the new parts gelling and everything. A uh, little bit of injury issue for Tampa Bay, but they're pretty deep at the skills position. So uh, there's a chemistry between um, Brady and Scotty Miller. He's got Gronk there. Uh, OJ Howard, I think, you know, them being a little banged up at the wide receiver spot isn't as big of a deal because they've they've got other weapons. So we'll just have them to win, uh, and that'll be the the two team teaser there um, to to cap that off. Um, I I only have one other comment to make, um, but I'll I'll let you uh, you know say whatever you want on that. So I just want to say that I, you know I'm not sold on Tampa yet. Right. I, I look at the team and they had that win against Denver last week. Obviously, no, we know going into that Denver was without their starting quarterback. Uh, Cortland Sutton uh, was not. I think he played part of that game right before he went out. Um, yeah. And then so I, I think that that was a, an interesting position. Uh, Who they have in week two is week two the Chargers. No, they got the. Uh, Who are we talking? Tampa? Tampa? Yeah. I'm blanking on week two. Carolina. Carolina in week two uh, without Christian McCaffrey. He got hurt during that game. Right. So, you know, you think about um, things like that. And that game was closer. They weren't, you know, they didn't put that game away until late. Um, So, obviously, Tampa's got a ton of talent. Uh, I don't think they've gelled quite yet. Maybe this is the game where they do gel. Um, and I'm obviously not picking a, a, against them in this one here. You, you know, as you mentioned, it's a rookie quarterback. I, I think they have the advantage at quarterback and coach, which is what you look for all the time. Um, and so I, there's no way I think that they lose this one. Um, I, I just question, be, be a little cautious with Tampa still at this point in the season. I've yet to see them click on, on all cylinders. I think they won that game by 18. Uh, and we know Brady has had his struggles previously in Denver. Um, but I, I want to see this team get right before I'm ready to uh, to ride with them. Uh, I think like I was with the the Tennessee Titans last season. But yeah, in a two team tease, do I think they're losing this game outright? I would be I would be shocked. But again, that's why they call them teases, right, Greg? <laughs> you got one more comment. Actually, I'll go first. I'll give you the last. I'll give you the last uh, official comment before I sign us off here. I just want to say it. what a difference. 
uh, a couple weeks makes. You, we went from a side part and and a collared shirt to uh, now we're both uh, we're both less than that wearing our hats. And and I my my disheveled background with all of the toys. You could have at least cleaned the bed for me. I think I mean the underwear on the bed in the background. We could have at least spared us some of that there. Yeah, I, I had to move stuff around here because I thought I was going to have a guest in the other guest bedroom last night. So I moved a bunch of stuff over here. Didn't even realize it. You could have given me the heads up. <laughs> I, I got the little screen up there. I can't even see my own background. Well, you know, you could look around the room. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, you are right. I do. I do have the, the capacity to turn. Uh, at least we are no longer in the sky in the scope of a, of a sniper at this point in week four. I think we're getting look at this. We got music coming into the show now we got a, a text message pop up things are we got our first comment from a fan things are starting to roll over here at the wing foot locks oh and i gotta tell you on instagram a caveat for chris portente this week he is rolling with the saints the number was minus four he put it in earlier this week saints have six guys six starters that are out he is staying with the saints they've dropped to minus three obviously go get the better number uh, on that one there if you're gonna roll with him uh, and I, is this the comment you wanted to make before we started? Yeah, that was good. All right. Greg, I was going to say. Greg remembers you. the Saints from last season. Go ahead. I do. I wanted to give out to our shout, uh, shout out to our boy, Chris. Death, taxes, and Saints in October. So I, I kind of liked it. Um, before we got onto the pod, Joe told me about all of the injuries. I got off it a little bit. And then I, I remembered last year. Chris, you know, imparting some wisdom. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take him blind, Chris. Just letting you know, if we Woo! can't make the the no, November mortgage payment, uh, well, maybe I think that the Saints are gonna make it for me because uh, I'm going blind. Four games, five games, however many they have, I'm taking them. So, you are taking Saints for the month of October, just to be clear, I, blind. I I feel like I got it now. Now they might only be like fifty dollar bets, but I'm I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and just to be clear, last last year when Chris was rolling with the Saints in October, I believe they went a perfect four and zero. And I think they got five games. Five in. I games think they went five and zero. And Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback for most, yep. if not all of them. So he stuck so, to his guns despite the injury. Yep. Injury. He was right. Listen, the guy's hot right we're, now. Three and zero on the season. We're going with you, Chris. We're going with you. Three and zero on the season. Sean Payton, Drew Brees. Don't bet against them in the month of October. All right, guys. Yes, the, the lake house setting was better. Sue Downer <laughs> chiming in here. The setting looked a lot better. Hopefully the picks are a lot better this week. I think that's a great way to end it, Greg. What about you? Yeah, we're good. Sue, he, he, he said the lake house was bad luck. That's that's not great. Well, I still don't know if it was that or the Eagles hat you put on my head. But either way, guys, <laughs> until next week, remember, everybody, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. For Greg Hoyle, I'm Joe Masiri. Thanks for listening to this version of the Wingfoot Locks. I'm loving the audience participation. Talk to you guys next week. Enjoy. Back football. on track. Have a great Sunday. Baby.